0: Are you ready to be stirred and receive an impartation of faith to move forward into all that God has purposed for your life? Welcome to the Stirring of the Waters podcast. I am your host, Elaine Haynes. I will be sharing what the Lord has given me through the anointing of the Holy Spirit on the Logos and Rhema words of God. Welcome to Stirring of the Waters. I'm your host, Elaine Haynes. In today's episode 20, Let the Word of God Separate the Soul from the Spirit, Part 3, and we're going to be talking today about sanctification by the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God develops godly character, Christ being formed in us. After we're saved, Satan's plan is to render us ineffective in the kingdom, to not fulfill our destiny in Christ. God allows Satan's attacks. His bringing of doubt. Did God say, like Satan said to Eve in the garden? And he brings discouragement. It's part of this process of the trying of God's word in us. God's word will not return void, but it might take a while. There are areas of our soul that are in conflict. Now remember from previous weeks, mind, will, and emotions, specifically in regard to this, mind and emotions, that are in conflict to the word of God and the process Of what he's doing in us. We like familiarity and comfort. We like to know things in our mind. There are lies and even strongholds that need to be uprooted. In Matthew 15, 13, Jesus said, Every plant which my Heavenly Father has not planted shall be rooted up. Our flesh is lazy and wants comfort. And our mind likes to know things and put things in a box. So as I mentioned last week, Paul tells us in Galatians 5.17 that our flesh will always be in opposition to the Spirit of God, and our flesh influences our soul. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other. It isn't an overnight process, but it can be shortened if we recognize that God loves us, that he's working with us, that we can trust him, he has a good plan and a purpose for our life. That only his thoughts are true. That when we're born again, we're a new creature from Christ and through Christ and to Christ. If We continue to believe God's word, confess truth over ourselves, rise up in faith and not give in to the other voices, whether it's the voice of the devil, the world, or our own flesh. Continued obedience to the leading of the Holy Spirit on the word will develop godly character. Christ being formed in us. Let me say that again. Continued obedience. It's continuance of obedience. On the leading of the Holy Spirit, on the word of God. Continuing in obedience. To what, you know, many times people, people contact me wanting me to to mentor them. And how do you hear God's voice and all that? A lot of times we aren't hearing because we didn't obey the last thing he told us to do. And that's really important. What's the last thing he told you to do if you're not hearing? And this is the process of, this continued obedience is the process of Christ being formed in us. There's an engrafting of the word that it says is able to save our souls. So we're talking about the saving of our souls. Our, our spirit is saved when we get born again. But our soul is in a continuance of process. James one twenty one. wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls in hebrews 7 25 the book also wherefore he jesus is also able to save them to the uttermost that came unto god by him seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them and Philippians 2 and 12 wherefore my beloved as you've always obeyed not as in my presence only but now much more in my absence work out your salvation with fear and trembling First Thessalonians five twenty three, which I read last week, and are that the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. W h o l l y completely. The very God of peace sanctify you completely, and I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That this is a process. In Psalm 12:6, we're told the words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of the earth, purified seven times. The word of God is purified in us, in our soul, until it's perfected. And I believe that this purity, it reminds me of the gold that Jesus tells us to purchase from him. In Revelation 3, 18. gold tried in the fire. When we're in the trial of the word of God being tried in us, it purges everything in us that's contradictory to God's word. And there's a scripture also in Psalm one hundred five nineteen, where it's talking about Joseph. And it said, until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him or tried him. And then in Malachi 3, 2 and 3, but who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire. And like launderer soap, he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Christ is our righteousness. It is him working in us. He himself, he is the word. And it is a refiner of everything in us that is not in alignment to him, to his righteousness in us there will be a trying process where the Holy Spirit reveals our own soulish thoughts in contrast to God's, where we see our own reasoning led by our fleshly and soulless desires. If we're yielded, the Holy Spirit will counsel us and he'll show us that God's ways are higher than ours. And we learn to trust him. It's a, it's a process of trusting. You may trust him in certain areas, but not in others. There's humility that's required forsaking pride and following the word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. God gives grace to the humble, James 4 and 6, and the Amplified says, but he gives us more and more grace, power of the Holy Spirit, to meet this evil tendency and all others fully. That is why he says God sets himself against the proud and haughty, but gives grace continually to the lowly, those who are humble enough to receive it. Bringing our flesh and soul into subjection to the spirit of Christ creates righteousness in our soul. How is that? What is that process? It's sanctification. That is the process of sanctification. Christ is our righteousness. He is in us, but our soul needs to be sanctified, made holy. That is the process of Christ being formed in us to be led by the spirit. We have to perceive rightly only the pure in heart can perceive God. Falsehood lies, ungodly perspectives, pride, all that has to be removed. Even when we receive truth, our mind takes it in and begins to take pride in, quote, knowing, end quote, it. Knowing it is not the same as living it. Thank God he always works with us so we can repent, which means change our mind, return to him and his purposes. As I've shared, I think I share this almost every week because it's so full of hope. In Philippians 2.13, it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So he's continually working in us. And our heart is deceitful among all things, it says in Jeremiah 17.9. We need the Spirit of God to show us that many of our responses stem from desire for acceptance from others, from fears and apprehensions, from false pride covering up insecurities, and from the influence of culture and the ways of the world system. The reality is we have many blind spots, and and you can't see them. They get uncovered by the Spirit of God through interactions with other people and through his drawing you into um, some of the works he wants you to do. I'm going to give you a great example. Moses. Moses had a blind spot where he didn't think he could speak. Exodus 410 to 12 Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto my, thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, who hath made man's mouth? Who maketh the dumb or deaf or the seeing or the blind? I have have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. Jeremiah had the same issue, not because of a physical speech issue, but because of his age, he thought he couldn't speak. Jeremiah 1, 4th 8. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Just as an aside, in this case, that sanctified means set apart. So I set you apart, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But The Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I'm with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Um, I want to make a couple points here. One, sanctification, there's our positional sanctification once we're born again. There's a sanctification where God sets has already set us apart. Okay, and we're sanctified um, in our salvation, in our spirit, but our soul again is in the process of being sanctified. And then we have the ultimate sanctification when we are after we go to be with the Lord. And we are then perfected in His sight. So God gave Jeremiah part of the answer: "Say not, say not." Those things that 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 we feel are hindering us or are excuses, I'll put it that way, for why we don't want to do or we say we can't do what God's calling us to do. God says, "Say not." Continue to speak truth. I am with you. If I called you, there's an equipping grace for it. So I'm going to give you an example. some other examples of blind spots. I have, uh, there was a time when, back when we had cassette tapes, remember those in the cars? Maybe some of you don't remember. But I used to listen to um, sermons and, you know, were uh, spiritual things that, that people had taped in the car. And so um, I. there was this one day that I was playing, I had to play this tape over and over and over again. I had to stop it and rewind it, stop it and rewind it my mind kept blanking out. It like would not receive this one statement. I couldn't, I knew I needed to hear it. I could tell it was like fire when I heard it and I couldn't retain it. It, My mind just like stopped, refused it. I had to pull over and play it word by word and write it down. I could see the blockage. I could see the stronghold structure in my mind wanting to refuse it but i was desperate to be transformed by the renewing of my mind another example not my personal one but in the israelites journey this is with moses again there were two instances where there was no water one was in the beginning of their journey remember the journey was 40 years the other was just before the promised land in the first one god told moses take the rod strike the rock and it'll bring forth water and it did so now almost 40 years later well 40 years God told Moses this time, they had no water. He said, take the rod and speak to the rock rather than smite it. So he didn't, I'm going to read you the story in a minute, but he either didn't believe it would work because of his blind spot of not being able to speak or he was reacting in the flesh angry at the people and it might have been a combination. I also wonder if because he'd used the rod so many times, perhaps when he heard God say, take the rod and speak to the rock he may have just shut down and reverted to what he was familiar with. Oh, I know what to do now. Oh, he said, take the rod. I'll just do that. And we all do this to some extent. We respond to something that is slightly familiar and we respond with the same response that worked before. Oh, I know what to do now. The rod also gives an additional works facilitation that's pleasing to our flesh. It's a tangible material object. You know how like some people... Will make idols out of handkerchiefs that have been prayed over. Now, I'm not saying anything against handkerchiefs prayed over. I'm just saying you can make it anything an idol if you're relying on that versus the reality of what God can do. Because God's beyond beside He's beyond all that. And um, giving power to objects is idolatry. And that's our soulish beliefs and our unfamiliar ways or religious ways of doing things, which can also be idols. We justify our thoughts, our perceptions, and our attitudes, saying it's who we are. God says we're a new creature. We need the Holy Spirit's help to have our strongholds revealed and removed. Pride has to go first, or we can't even see what they are. Isaiah 29, 15. Woe to those who seek deep to hide their counsel far from the Lord, and their works are in the dark. They say, who sees us or who knows us? Don't hide your darkness. Bring it to the light. Tell them. You know what? I don't know. I don't understand. I need your help. I have these thoughts that are contrary to what you're telling me to do. I need your help to uproot them. God gives us a new heart. He's quick to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness when we confess our sin. He gives us a new heart, a new mind, a new spirit, a new nature. And in Revelation 2.17, he tells us he will, he will give us a new name as we overcome. So living by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God and the leading of the Spirit versus fleshly and soulless reasoning will bring sanctification of Christ being formed in us. So I'm going to read you the account of Moses um, because there's some other really big points that I want to make here. In Numbers, it's Numbers chapter 20. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly. All the people are clamoring. They've said there's like 500,000 people at this point. They went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and they fell upon their faces and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. Now picture this. This is what I picture myself in scripture when I read it. So the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes and it shall give forth his water and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give... The congregation and their beasts drank, and Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he had commanded him. Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believed me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel." Therefore, ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. This is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with the Lord, and he was sanctified in them. them. Numbers 26 through 13. I want to make a couple notes here. Number one. Number one. The scripture says that the rock will bring forth his water. It says, speak to the rock, and it, the rock, shall give forth his water. And we know in later scriptures, that, that Jesus is the fount of living waters, that, that Moses recognized that Jesus is the rock. He talks about that in later where it's given us in later scriptures, that he is the rock. And the other thing I want to make note of is it says he will be sanctified. God will be sanctified. If, you, if, he, if Moses had done this, he would have been sanctified in the eyes or the perception of the people versus sanctified in the people. I want you to catch this because it's really important. There's a difference between the internal process of sanctification by the Spirit, which is, as I've been talking about, our soul being saved, our character being formed. There's a difference between that, or that internal, versus others seeing God as sanctified or set apart wholly before their eyes when we are obedient to what God says, others see that and they recognize the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. They recognize that we stand under the authority of God and walk in obedience. They did not get to see that through Moses. And that's why he didn't get to, that's what God says, because you sanctified me not in the eyes of the children of Israel, you shall not enter the promised land. Now, If Moses had spoken the word in that authority and the water had come forth, the people would have seen the new level of authority. That would have been a powerful, powerful. They would have also seen that Moses' stronghold about his mouth, because they all had to know it, was, was broken. Perhaps he would have even had healing. We don't know. But I just want to make a comparison here to those that did enter the promised land. They were the ones who spoke the right thing. That's the only ones that were able to enter in. So I just want to reiterate something here. Our tendency as humans with minds that play, we like to plan our way is we remember what worked before. This is our modus operandi, that's what we do. We try to walk in the spirit using our own understanding and God is always working to bring us to a new thing. He wants to do a new thing and be glorified in it. If we continue to do the same thing, we're getting the glory. The situations we're in may have some similarities to past experiences. And that knowledge can be used to build our faith to move forward. Well, God did it then. I know he's going to do what, what he's telling me to do now because I've seen it over and over again. When I stepped down in faith and did what he said, he came forward. He showed up. And the new thing God wants to do is reveal and manifest an aspect of himself not hitherto seen. He is infinite, he is limitless, and he's unfathomable. God told Moses to speak to the rock, to exercise authority and dominion over the natural. By Moses relying on previous experience, just taking the rod and hitting the rock, the previous experience when it happened was spiritual at that time. But when we do that, we rely on the same religious ways of doing things. It becomes a work of the flesh. It's really dangerous to become complacent in our walk with God. We have to abide and continue in obedience. Jesus said we can do nothing unless we abide in him. Obviously we do lots of things. What he means is we can do nothing of eternal value. We can do nothing of kingdom unless we abide in him. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. John fifteen four, And it's noteworthy that in this verse, Strong's Concordance says, abide actually means to stay in a given place, state, relation, or expectancy. Expectancy. Abiding is staying in a place of expectancy, abiding in Christ. We're expecting. This is now faith. Now faith. Expectance. If we're abiding in Christ in expectancy, the Holy Spirit will guide us. We will be calm. We will be at peace. We'll be able to discern God's voice. That's where we hear direction where we can hear his voice and when we're at peace if we're angry anxious nervous fearful even excited in a good way we're I'll just use it some slang we're jacked up and we're not going to be able to hear it's really hard to hear his still small voice when we're overwhelmed with emotion so if you if we don't submit to sanctification we may not lose our salvation but we won't inherit the fullness of the promises just to go back to the rally that Moses didn't get to enter the promised land. And we have seen, you know, we, we know that we, I'm not going to say you're going to lose your salvation. Only God knows that. Okay. There's a lot of scriptures. I could make the case one way or the other, but we don't know for sure. But what we do know is that there's the kingdom. God wants us to walk in here on the earth that he wants to bring forth his kingdom through us. And if we do not um, submit to that, sanctification process and let Jesus be seen and known let Jesus work through us and be manifest through us we will not be walking in the kingdom and here's something else that this is a really powerful scripture you know we talk about we want revival we want to see the world we want to see people be saved right in Ezekiel 36 23 I will sanctify this is God I will sanctify my great name which is profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in the midst of them. And the nations shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. So how do we do this? We recognize that he is God, that he is holy, that he is just, and we allow him to be Lord of our lives. So what does that mean? We obey him. We stay in faith knowing he's going to do what he says, recognizing he has created us. We're not our own. He has created us. We are bought with a price. He saved us. He's given us purpose. He's ordained works we would complete. We're a sinner saved by grace through the blood of Jesus Christ. He's given us a new life, and it is to complete the works that he's ordained for us. Jesus is the perfect example. In John 4, 34, he said, My meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. He was always about the Father's business. He knew his purpose, and nothing could deter him. Although in the form of God, he made himself of no reputation, but became a servant, took upon himself the likeness of a man, and humbled himself in obedience, even to death on the cross. Philippians 2, 5-8. We will have many trials as Christ is being formed in us. We'll have circumstances come up, and in those circumstances, the devil will tempt us, try to tempt us to not believe God and to rely on our flesh and soulish thinking. And we will, our, this the soul in us will rebel or want to rebel because of the thorns in our flesh, which is our weaknesses and our blind spots. But God will use these same circumstances where the enemy wants to have us fall back God will use these if we allow him, and if we believe him, and we continue to do what he says to bring us to a new level of faith. Think about the trial of our faith. A trial is in a courtroom. The, here's what will happen. The enemy will say, "Is the prosecution, you don't have faith. See how you failed over and over again. I know what you're thinking. See what you're thinking. See you're having doubts. See you don't really think God's going to show up. See you're not really saved. But the defense says, Yes, I have failed before, and I do think that way in my flesh and soul, but I am a new creature. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have the mind of Christ. God says it, and I will walk in faith because his word is true. We can overcome fleshly and soulish thinking. We can have our spirit man built up. God knows who he has created us to be and what he's created us for. He loves us too much to leave us unregenerated and missing, the incredible destiny that he's planned for our lives. He is calling us to be a pure bride without spot or wrinkle for his son who died and paid the price of all sin. We are to walk in perfect submission to the one who has all authority over heaven and earth, recognizing that he is Lord of all, moving in a resurrection power and authority and manifesting to the world that we are truly the sons of God and the daughters of God. So, Father God, I pray, Lord God, that every person hearing this, that you, Holy Spirit, would prick our conscience and continue to prick our conscience to continue to convict us, even in every moment when we need to be convicted of how we're operating, of whether or not we're walking in faith, of whether or not we're walking in our fleshly and soulless mind, whether or not we're rebelling. Lord, that you would, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal our blind spots, that you, we, our eyes would be opened. I pray for every person that is listening, that their eyes would be opened in the days to come, even right now, that there's an opening of eyes to see what are some of those things that have those strongholds, those mindsets that have stopped you from moving forward. And I ask Holy Spirit, reveal them because we know that when you shine your light on them, they disappear. And the truth shall rule and reign And faith shall arise in Jesus' name, Amen. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Stirring of the Waters podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit ElaineHaynes.com. That's A-L-A-N-E-H-A-Y-N-E-S.com for books, blogs, and spiritual growth. You can follow me on Facebook and subscribe at CPNShows.com, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. See you next week for the next episode.